Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good afternoon or good evening and welcome to the Vanguard. For Jason, not Spike Cohen, Lion, I am Matt Wright and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. This time I'm on the right page. Uh, this time I'm on the right page. Yeah, we are not on the Vermin Supreme page this time. We are on the muddied waters page. So to uh, Vermin, we, we do apologize. For that, we did not realize that we were streaming to your page. Um, first and foremost, allow me to thank Benjamin Daniel Morris Chestnut the 17th for the kava that I'm drinking on today's episode. And thanks to Glacier for the smart water, <laughs> as not Spike Cohen. <laughs> to all above, Bula Vinaka. Now that makes a lot more sense with the number of people watching us. As yes. as compared to before, um, <laughs> but since we were on Vermin Supreme's page, let's real quick uh, talk about the latest development in the uh, LP presidential race with Justin Amash dropping out of the race today. The race that he never officially entered, but was running for. Yeah, the, <laughs> yes, so fantastic for somebody to not be running in a race and then to drop out of said race before they officially got into it uh i'm just the fangirls around this country are just heartbroken today and all i can say is maybe he should have read the platform before he joined (laughs) i uh i i honestly believe um and since i'm not a member of the party i feel i can say these things without fear of anything i honestly believe that the person most hurt by this is probably nick sarwark who won't be able to ask him to pick him as vp yes yeah uh, and not having a blatant Republican retread, like in the front for the LP, obviously is hurting him as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we we can't we we can forgive a lot of things, but but neoconism we don't have to forgive. We don't as have long to as Sarwak is here. That's right. What's funny is last night. Um, last night I was hanging out at the local mud watering hole, and uh, I was hanging out with personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. And he and I were talking and he said, is there really a difference? He was asking me if there was a difference between the Libertarian Party and the two major political parties, if we pick Justin Amash, like we did with Gary Johnson in 16, Gary Johnson in 12, and Bob Barr in 8. And I looked at him and I went, no, 
No, absolutely not. And yeah. I think that I think that you could have a difference if, right, you take somebody who was a Republican, they realize what the platform is about, the LP platform is about, and then they come out and they say, all right, I agree with that. And then they run on that platform. Um, but with Justin Amash running and saying, look, I'm all for the constitutional limitations and I want to bring back the Constitution. It's like, find me in the platform where that's that's one of our stances. Sure, we, there's there are stances that we take that align with that, but it's not we don't use the Constitution. You know, I think a lot of people look at it from the uh, from Lysander Spooner's my favorite one of my favorite quotes out there. You know, whether it be one thing or another, this much is clear: it's either enable the government we have or was uh, unable to stop it. In either right. case, the Constitution is unfit to exist. So, absolutely, Justin Amash is just being a retread it's 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 not good for the party it's not good for the platform it's not good for anyone who wanted to jump on his his bandwagon so for all of you i'm sorry but uh suck it trebek <laughs> so that leaves uh the, in my mind anyway and many people will tell me i'm wrong i'm certain but in my mind the three major candidates that are left running right now are berman supreme jacob hornberger and jim gray now dan berman is a, he's, he's a good friend and just a fantastic guy. I think personally the smartest guy running. Um, I think I love him all. I love him, but I don't think he has that great of a chance of winning the nomination. Yeah. Um, Adam Kokesh. Uh, and, uh, and then it's just Joe. Just uh, dodging every right. sexual question out there. Jorgensen, right. Um, good old Joe dodging every sexual question out there. Joe Jorgensen. That is a mouthful of a nickname. Um, if I ever have... Warranted. Right. It's exceptionally warranted. Um, so... Unlike, I, unlike having the police called on you for talk about jury notification. Yes, that's right, Judge. I'm looking at you, Gray. And yeah, with Jim Gray saying that the police should be called on you if you are supporting or talking about jury nullification really hurts him. Yes. Really hurts so him. So hopefully, hopefully that, that, you know, that takes some ground. Cause, uh, you know, I, for me personally, at least, you know, somebody jumping in late to the race, that's just a disrespect to everyone else. You right. know, we had a, a terrible, absolutely terrible, uh, SCLP debate last year. And, uh, you know, one in which the money waters finally came together uh, we got to stew in our own hate and discontent for things that were going on. Right. And we got to meet a lot of the presidential candidates then. Right. In person where we got to sit down and talk with them. The ones that wanted to talk to us. <laughs> the ones that actually wanted the libertarian candidacy early enough to get supporters. Right. So, so Jim, Jim, just go ahead, go home and go, go, go follow through. I met Jim back in 2014. I think mm -hmm. I met him uh, at the Florida Libertarian Convention in Tampa um, and really nice guy. I liked him a lot. I, I was like, this guy, you know, he's fantastic. He's great on drugs. Uh, he's great on drugs. He's great on war. And I, I, I support this guy. And then he disappeared for six years. Um, I'm certain he was doing things, but he just wasn't out in the forefront. And then when he first announced that he was running, I was like, oh, wow. And then since then, UBI, or what did he call it? He didn't call it a UBI. He called it reverse income tax or whatever. Negative income ne tax. Negative income tax. Called it the negative income tax, and then he's coming out against jury nullification. He says he supports it, but he also says that. Yeah. 
he supports it unless you're doing it on the grounds that the, that the courts are on. Right. So I, I, my question to him, if I cross the street, I'm on the other side. You, you cool with it then? Like, right. So this, is, this just makes me want to go out and, and start petitioning people and being like, hey, here's what it is. Right. And jury nullification is quite honestly the greatest thing anybody can do on the localist of levels. Yes. Like, ne- never, if you, never say no to jury duty. Never say no to jury duty. Yeah. I hope I, I, I'm begging I tr- for them. They I, won't do it to me. I try to get on. I try to get on all the time. They refuse to. No. I was like, I'm going to go knock on the, their doors and be like, can I, can I get jury, no, jury duty today? Like, I, you don't have to pay me. I will just do it. <laughs> you don't have to give me the $15 in lunch. Um, yeah, I've, I have been called for jury duty in more times than most people. And I have gone in, but I've never been selected. And I think that they like go through and they're like, okay, Matt Wright, look, no, get that guy out of <laughs> no. here. He's going to nullify this. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't care. The, the DA is going, all right, we got this drug case. Let's see. Who do we got out there? Matt Wright. No, don't even bring him in. I don't yes. want to see him. He will get other people to nullify yeah. for him. He will talk about he will talk about people's personal rights and really, you know, the guy's just an entrepreneur. And then he'll get at least two or three other people, and we won't get this guy. Um, yeah. But jury nullification seriously is the greatest thing any of us can do. is is the e- one of the easiest and the greatest thing we can do to enact change within our communities. And Judge Jim Gray just said that if we're talking about it on court property the police should be called yep so he later said of course that he he supports julian jury nullification so it's it really is just the the speech where the speech is occurring that he opposes it's just like that's very libertarian of you that is the most libertarian you could never get right i just agree with the speech i agree with all the places that i agree with with it to be committed so jim gray i'm sorry um well, that's, that, that was a very Amashian answer of, I believe in your right to carry weapons, but don't bring them to the Capitol. <laughs> guys, I know that you guys, are, you guys are all suffering across Michigan. We know that you guys aren't able to get out of the house. You know, domestic violence is up. Suicide rates are up. People are dying, and that's, that's okay. We need to come at this civilly. Don't, don't, don't threaten the government. Just calmly and rationally talk to people, and eventually... They're just gonna they're gonna give in to you. This is this is how this is how it works. Right. Robin uh Robin Dominic in the comments said, go get a banner and drive around the building. That's actually a really good idea. You just you drive around, you have a banner off the top of your car. I've got a Jeep, you could just hang a flag right off of it, and then you like you don't yes. have to vote guilty. You can let them free. <laughs> Yes, I am totally. So we're going to talk about some activism here in a little bit, but I think that this is the next best act. This is probably arguably even better activism in some ways. I, I think because you actually help the individual, you can help an individual, which is yeah. what makes jury nullification great. And if you can do it, if enough people start doing it, it actually enacts law change. Yes, it forces lawmakers to change because then it's just like everyone disagrees with this law. Why aren't why are why do you still keep it enacted? Right. You know, such as like civil asset forfeiture, certificate of need, et cetera, et cetera. It's just like, these are terrible laws. Get that. 
<laughs> yeah, get bent. I like that. Um, but yeah, no, jury nullification, I have been a huge proponent of it since I learned about what it was. And I said, well, that's a stupid law. If I was on that case, I just vote that he was not guilty and let him go. Yeah. Wouldn't be able yeah. to change my mind. I would be able to change at least one person's mind. And that's all that it takes. And I would just sit there and argue if they sequestered us, we would be there for a while. <laughs> I'm going to get a second day of that, that $15. Yeah. Lunch, I'm get, that's for sure. I'm getting, I'm getting another lunch out of this. Um, <laughs> But um, the real reason that we are having this impromptu special Saturday edition of the Muddied Waters of Freedom and the reason that I brought on Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, back. Not Spike Cohen. Not Spike Cohen. Uh, to the Muddied Waters Media channel. Uh, I didn't really bring him back. He's always allowed here. <laughs> he can just go live <laughs> whenever he wants. Um, is because we're going to talk about something very near and dear to his heart today, which is yeah. hashtag... Re, 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 reject bailouts. Reject bailouts. I was like, refuse bailouts. I was like, that's not right. It's re something. Reject yeah. bailouts. No, absolutely. Uh, and and so thank you everyone, of course, for for letting me come on, take a little bit of your time to talk about this. This reject bailouts thing is is as Matt said, is a huge issue that I'm extremely passionate about because I don't like hurting people. I don't like taking their stuff. And Congress right now wants to take three trillion of all of our stuffs, and not our stuffs, but future generations. So I thought that this was a, an important topic, and so I'm, I'm grateful that we're having this opportunity. Um, if you guys have been missing me, it's because my internet is absolute shit. Uh, so Matt was gracious enough to give me the platform for a little bit, uh, <laughs> and so we wanted to discuss with you guys the Heroes Act now. If you guys are any way familiar with the government and the way that they work, they give you nice fluffy feel good names for the worst absolute worst um bills yeah the patriot act it takes a real patriot to stand up against the patriot act it takes a real hero to stand up against the heroes act because there's nothing heroic about it and there's nothing patriotic about when, the when, patriot act. when i saw that they called this the heroes act initially i was like okay the heroes act they're probably going to just give a bunch of money to like the doctors and the nurses and you know emts and then i was like wait three trillion dollars deal why do they want $3 trillion for the doctors, the nurses, and the EMTs? And then, well, it's the government. So, of course. Of course. There's a bunch think... of non-sequiturs right. <laughs> all throughout. Um, yeah, no. So this has actually been a campaign that, we've been, uh, that I've been working on is to fight against rejecting these bailouts. Now, of course, if you guys are familiar with other organizations um, or organizations in general, there's there's – couple out there that are pushing this reject bailouts um and one of those happens to be americans for prosperity um but these bailouts are actually when they were first being discussed being pushed by nancy pelosi was actually was just to be able to uh, basically bail out states so because states such as illinois california and new york who have spent an egregious amount uh, above their revenue each year for decades um they go oh hey there's this coronavirus I'm going to use the coronavirus as an excuse. Hey, federal government, give me some money. So now we have states like Illinois who's asking for $41 billion through this bailout just to, you know, just so that they can make it by. Um, which, you know, there are states, there's so many states uh, across this country that, much like here in South Carolina where I am, up in uh, Muddyville. Um, so <clears throat> these states run balanced budgets. Make sure that your revenue is similar if not more than what your expenditure. Fiscal policy, it's important. Um, 
So these states refuse to do that, and so now they're going to go, hey, we need this big bailout. We need all this money. And so there's about a trillion dollars. There's a little less than a trillion dollars going to states and local governments. That's, that's cities, that's counties, and, of course, the states themselves. Now, one, of the, one of the things I saw is 50, no, $50 billion dollars. Fifty no one trillion. It was I think fifty billion dollars, fifty one billion dollars to be split up evenly amongst all of the states in the district. Yes. Does that mean the district is getting a billion dollars? Yeah, of course. I was like, is this like split up evenly? Is this going to be like per capita, or is this going to be just everybody's going to get a billion? And you have states like you know New York, California, uh, Illinois, who have these just weakening pension systems Yes, that they can't afford to pay because they've closed their economies and they have no way to pay these pensions. And now they're like, okay, well now we need the federal government for help. And of course, Nancy Pelosi and all of the Democrats in the house. Well, not all of them, oddly, not the progressives, the progressives voted no. Yes, and there, there's a good reason for that. But um, but yeah, no, the pensions. These are this has been an issue since before the coronavirus, mm-hmm. and then now because of the coronavirus, it of course exasperated this. But you know, when you when you already don't have enough revenue, and then you cut off all revenue, you, <laughs> you start floundering around a little bit. A little and, bit. Um, so we really get to the problem that they they think that hey, we had too much government because the government shut down this economy. Hey, if we just have more government, this is going to solve the problem of too much government. And then once we run into another problem, we'll just put on another layer of government. Right, we'll just throw another, (laughs) a little bit more government on top of the government, on top of the government, on top of the government. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I was, I attempted to read 1,818 pages or 1,816 pages of a bill this morning, which is roughly about the same amount of time that they're given before voting. uh, And that's just not possible. Um, no, and I, and there's so many goodies in there too. Like, there are um, so many. Just, I love the I love uh, the first thing I go to is the the amendments. Uh, there's there's of course hate crimes uh, being discussed in here because you know coronavirus is a hateful hateful bitch. It's a, yeah, um, hate, hateful hateful disease. So we have to of course go after uh, hate crimes during this. Um, you know if if. If an amendment is good enough to be applied to something as important as saving our heroes across this nation, maybe it would be good enough just to be a, a standalone bill. But, you know, who's, who cares about, like, good policy? Uh, it's, but I, I want to go back to, like, the, the progressive things that you were talking about. Okay. So there is the, the issue. Um, there was 14 Democrats that voted against this. Uh, some of them are these are the ones that you're going to see a lot of the media focus on. These are our um, representatives that are in uh, <laughs> in swing districts, um, such as here in South Carolina. We have first district uh, Joe Cunningham. He is a Democrat, but he has the potential that he may lose coming up in, in November. So him voting no is important for him. So he came out and he took a strong stance. But right. the progressives weren't getting enough in their for them it didn't go far enough so three trillion dollars no 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 we need to have more money being spent they don't they of course don't really genuinely care about where it's spent now if they can of course get more of their pet projects they're excited about it but once we saw with the the cares act when that one was passed i think it was like 2.2 trillion right two point, immediately huh i think two point two point two or two point three i was thinking two yeah 
Yeah, so it's yeah, it's right yeah, around there. Right. Um, as soon as that came out, as soon as that passed, the first thing that um, AOC and a couple other the 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 further left Democrats, the first thing that they said was nobody came out and challenged where are we going to pay or how are we going to pay for this. They came out and they knew as soon as they accepted it, as soon as it went through without a challenge on that, that they were then authorized to be able to use that same kind of expenditure. So getting $3 trillion, no, 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 we want to push this envelope. Let's get as much money in there as possible, right. and, and that's for the long run. I think right now, 2020, regardless of the coronavirus, 2020 is the year where um, Democrats are really trying to take this narrative of, of pushing the Overton window. The presidential races, everyone knows that no one's, none of them are going to win. Right. I don't think anyone anyone here in our audience is is has of the belief that Joe Biden actually has a chance. Um, so there, I am certain there are people in our audience and maybe somebody on the show who believes that Joe Biden still won't be the nominee. I think that there, there's a better chance of that. Yeah. Than, than Joe Biden <laughs> actually winning. So um, and, you know, I, I think that you could even support him and just know that you're he's not going to win. But so. What we saw from the the wide variety of people um, who ran for the Democratic nominee was a very uh, almost unanimous um, push. You know, a lot of them were pushing for for Medicare for all, and they had slight variances within that. And so they're all pushing the same message to try to push as many people to that direction as possible. Now, of course, um, the position that the Republicans failed to do, and and certainly a lot of other people were failing to do was to be able to to point that out instead they were just saying look they're all just pushing for medicare for all and it's just like why is that a bad thing right they failed to actually like address it um we of course here at mighty waters uh destroyed it multiple times over oh yeah easily <laughs> but but we don't we we there's a, a huge failure on the optics for the the important three percent of voters 3% of voters is what really changes uh, a lot of the the different state, the electric votes or, you know, district votes. It's that 3% right in the center of those, those fence sitters. Um, and I think 2020 is that year where we're going to see some radical change just because of the presidential races as well as the responses to um, the emergencies such as coronavirus. So I'm, I'm genuinely worried about that. But we wanted to talk about the rejection bailouts. <laughs> so... Like uh, Thomas Massey, uh, as everybody knows, uh, representative from Kentucky, uh, he predicted that by the end of the coronavirus, the the national debt will be forty trillion dollars. I I think he might be a little it. light, like just a yeah. little light, but I think he might be light. Well, he's at least playing the uh, the prices right game, where he stays under it and he's good. Right. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me because everybody, not everybody, most people that are in Congress are like, well, we have a blank checkbook and we can just try to write our way out of this. And I saw, oh God, I wish I could remember who this was, but since we did literally no prep today, I don't have it here. But somebody said, we learned from the lessons of the Great Depression <clears throat> And now we can just write checks to get ourselves out of it. Yep. No, that's not how that works. Who's going to bail out the federal government once we hit $40 trillion? Right. 
right now, if we didn't spend another penny at the end of this year, we would be $28 trillion in debt. $28 trillion in debt. Um, all you Republicans out there that was like, oh, Obama got it to $20 trillion? Yeah. Trump has signed to allow for $8 trillion in four years as opposed to the 10 in, in eight. So big spending. Yeah, big, big spending going on. And that's from a man who said, trust me, I will, I will get rid of the national debt in my term. Yes. By the end of his second term, he promised us on the campaign trail to remove, to remove every penny of the federal debt. And he has signed in $8 trillion more more to the national to the federal debt and just a lot of people are like yeah what you know does that really matter like hang on a sec i gotta look something up really quick because i want to make yep. sure i get these numbers right um yep. I'm, I'm waiting for him to to pull the the wall stick and be like china's gonna pay for it china <laughs> <laughs> but no I, I i think that there there really is genuinely like a huge concern there while you're looking that up um that when we don't have a regard for the spending and when you have fiscal irresponsibility, such as bailing out states, um, who's going to bail out the federal government? We're, we're, we're literally just socializing these catastrophic um, damages, right? Everyone, everyone's worried about these states going bankrupt and not being able to afford and, and people dying. It's just like, so we do that to the entire nation then. And yeah, so I heard this stat a long time ago. It blew my mind. A lot of people don't realize how big one trillion is. Like they don't they they don't understand it. And this this blew my mind when I heard it. If you're talking about seconds, one million seconds equals eleven and a half days. One billion seconds equals thirty-one and three quarters years. One trillion seconds equals thirty-one thousand seven hundred and ten years. And we're talking <laughs> about 20, what, 24, 25 right now? Trillion yeah, dollars. Yeah, we just hit 25 trillion a couple, couple days ago. Right. $25 trillion in debt right now. If you look at that in seconds, how are you going to get that back? Yeah. And of course, like with the, the modern monetary theory and all that fake ass bullshit, um, they don't want it to go away. So it's just, if you lose the debt, you lose the value of the currency and a bunch of other shit that doesn't make sense. It's like, oh, I didn't realize when I got debt free as an individual that I suddenly didn't have value. That's really, really really interesting. It's really interesting. I've been working so (laughs) hard to be debt free my entire life. And that means that I'm not worth anything. (laughs) Now, a few of the things that were in this, uh, this uh, package uh, like we said, $1 trillion in aid to state and local governments. Uh, extending the $600 per week addition for unemployment benefits through January 2021. Now, this, this, this one was really interesting for me. So real quick, I have a, a friend who ran a tanning salon. Um, so a small business owner. And as a result of the government orders to shut down her business, um, she did. So she was following the orders of those 
who deemed themselves to be the authority on the issue. She shuts down her business. Some One of her employees was working for four hours per week. Um, and the employee quit before she was forced to shut down. So just a, a little time before. So this employee who was making very low wages, um, arguably, um, working four hours a week, so making enough to get the gas to and from work, basically, um, files for unemployment and is now receiving over $900 a week in unemployment because of that $600 stipend, right. because of, you know, there's just this state uh, natural unemployment. So you, when you have a system that enables for people to make more money not working than when they do work, you're not going to have a system where people want to go to work. This is why communism fails. <laughs> um, so you could put an end date on it, and, and guess what happens on January of 2021? Every one of those motherfuckers that's going to be on unemployment goes, oh, I could just go petition the government for more money? Right. Huh. Which huh. you know that in January of 2021, roughly – a few weeks before whoever wins gets inaugurated, you're going to start seeing calls of, we don't have enough jobs for the 32 million people who are unemployed. We need to come up with some sort of stimulus package for those people and yep. they will work to pass it. And you can't really, you, I mean, you can sign not to, but then let's just say that Trump is reelected. Yeah. He would have to sign off saying, no, I'm not going to give you guys more money. And I mean, I guess at that point he's already won. It doesn't matter, but he's going to automatically appear to be the bad guy to all the people who just elected him. Yep. Which I thought, honestly, I thought that for Trump's Trump card, uh, (laughs) I thought that he, I, I legitimately believe, I still believe this, that in August, yeah, August, late August, early September, he is going to federally legalize weed. Oh, oh that'd be so nice. I, I, I honestly believe he is going to do that because I don't think he cares. Yeah. And he knows that it costs money. He knows that it wastes money. He's going to ask them to federally, he's going to federally legalize weed. He's going to take it off the banned substances list. And then he's going to be able to go out and be like, I'm the president that gave you your weed back. You're welcome, America. Go out, enjoy, smoke up, toke them if you got them. And, and then he's going to. That would gonna, be beautiful. I mean, he has, to give him credit where, where it's absolutely necessary, um, him on criminal justice reform has been great. Um, oh, yeah. He signed. First Step Act, which was a fantastic piece of legislation, uh, fighting against mandatory minimum sentencing, giving more discretionary to judges. Um, we have some people that have been um, been able to walk free um, from this. Um, you know, Matthew Charles was the first national recipient. He was actually was down in Florida, down from your state, yeah. um, where he was incarcerated. You've got um, plenty of, of great success stories from President Trump. This has always been a, a talking point for every presidential candidate. It's almost like the anti-war rhetoric. Everyone says, we're going to fix the criminal justice system. We're going to stop all these endless wars. We're going to pull out. And then they get into office and they go, what did I say again? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Um, that doesn't matter. I'm in. And then they go and spend a bunch of our money and, and not, not even our money, just our kids and our grandchildren's and great-great-grandchildren's kids' money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's... So he, he's been a big help on that, but it's just... Right. I would love to see him do that. 
I and I I think he's going to, but I also believe that in order to ensure to try to ensure his reelection, he will continue spending money to put money in the pockets of Americans. And he will mm-hmm. continue signing it because then he can say, I gave you that money. Yeah. Because without his signature, the money doesn't happen. So he's yep. going to continue to do it as literally the Andrew Yangiest version of himself to be like, I'm buying your votes. Yes. That's all that this is. Whatever government gives you anything is not because they care about you. It's because they want your support later on down the road. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, you're going to have the Democrats out there and they're going to be saying, well, we're the ones that wrote the bill. We're the ones that passed the bill through the House. And then it's, they're going to say, yeah, but you didn't. The Republicans got it through the Senate and Trump signed it. So we're the ones that gave it to you. And that's going to be what a lot of this entire campaign season is going to look like. Yeah. And and I think bringing this back to the to the bill. Um, so yesterday we had the passing through the House, fourteen uh, Democrats signed against it. One Republican, it was Representative Steve King from New York, I believe yeah. it was, yeah, um, signed in favor of the bill. Um, and so it was very partisan. I mean, it was it was created in closed doors with Democrats only. And so I mean, it was a very partisan bill to begin with. Um, so now that's going over to the Senate. Now, Mitch McConnell's already said that it's dead on arrival. We're not going to pass it. And I think, I think that that's true. We're not going to pass it in the form that it stands in right now. But what we're going to see is we're going to see some manipulation within it, whether it's a brand new clean slate or it's taking what's already there, check, take, cutting some fat, but adding in some Republican fat. That way we can make a true bipartisan bill, send that back to the House. As long as they have enough there for the Democrats to, win, uh, to, to sign on to, they'll get They'll get it passed through on both chambers, send that over to the president. And now President Trump is kind of stuck in a pickle. Um, He doesn't quite get as much credit anymore, um, but he's already made uh, verbal commitments to not sign the bill as it is. Um, and, And so kind of shifting gears, this is exactly what we are advocating against is is. We, these bailouts have to be rejected. We have to take a strong stance. We have, to, we have to look at the fiscal policy. We have to understand that the issues with this coronavirus have only been made worse through government action. Um, and so government inaction would be the best action um, in a lot of ways. Um, and so pet projects, uh, non sequiturs, right, taking out the, the hate crime stuff, taking out things that are not related to, to coronavirus and its relief is not necessary. Um, and so we are right now um, I say we uh, right now there's organizations that are going out there and, and pushing and advocating for us to get involved. Organizing um, if orga- organizations like who uh, America's for prosperity is one of those um, uh, concerned veterans for America uh, Libre. There's, there's a couple others uh, kind of under the umbrella of stand together. But if you, if this is something that you guys are, are even a quarter of the way as passionate about as I am, like, I know that you guys are going to be driven to want to know what can you do? How can we make this change? And with the bill coming to the Senate uh, projected to be this next week, we have to we have to let our senators know. I've already been in contact with Lindsey Graham's office. I've already got the canned letter back. I'm excited to, to see that canned letter once again. He's talking about how he loves the troops and loves the people and he wants to, to support these foreign wars because um, nothing is better than bombing ground kids. Um, so... You know, we have to reach out to our senators. We have to make sure that they understand that we cannot 
and we will not give them political cover should they be uh, supported in support of these these bailouts. We have to take a strong stance on those. Um, and so there is events going on nationwide, um, regardless of what state you're in. You can always call into the Americans for Prosperity South Carolina's events, um, which you guys can reach out to me. And I would be happy to get you guys involved and engaged on that to help spread the awareness of what these what the what's within these bills, the the level of irresponsibility, the recklessness that's within them, as well as call to action for every person that we get in contact with to send out letters to their senators to make sure that these do not get passed. Um, whether President Trump or whether Mitch McConnell have said that these are dead on arrival it is not enough to just hope and pray that they're going to do the right thing. Historically speaking, government has never done the right thing. So um, we have to take that stand. So I would implore and encourage each and every one of you guys uh, in the viewing audience, whether live or, or uh, after the fact, to get involved, get engaged, get in contact with me. And I would love to get you guys uh, connected with, with people who are actively working to reject these bailouts. And if somebody was trying to get in touch with you, what and they aren't friends with you already on Facebook, what do you... You can always send a, a, a nice... Um, a terrible review of Spike Cohen. Um, write a review, and then um... <laughs> on, on Apple Podcasts, you can write, on, Apple Podcasts. on Apple Podcasts or whatever they call it now, iTunes. But I don't know. Um, they always change it. But on that, uh, leave us a five star review and leave a terrible review of Spike Cohen. Uh, but then, <laughs> and you, outside and, of that, and you might get it read on the air by Steve Messina. Yeah, and then outside of that, if you if you want to get in touch with me specifically, you can find me on Twitter at Real Jason Line. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Burke or Mr. Bearded Truth. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I think it's Jason Line ninety two. I have no idea where the ninety two came from. I think that that's a, a good discussion that we should get into. I don't understand. <laughs> ninety two has no relevance to my life whatsoever. Maybe when, maybe when, Facebook is trying to. When's your my birthday? Age. No, no, okay. I was a ninety baby. Whoop whoop. Well, um, yeah, but what? What what day is your birthday? Uh, ten ten twenty one. Oh yeah, no, no, not even there. Not not even close. <laughs> no. So uh, so Facebook screwed me over, put ninety two, make me look two or act two years younger than what I am. But uh, it's it is what it is. Um. So yeah. So you can find me on Facebook, Twitter. Um. You can always just go onto the the Americans for Prosperity's pages, and you can you can reach out to them. They would be happy to connect you with any groups uh, that are having engagements. Um, and so there's always, there's always good community there. And so however you can get in connect with me, find a way, leave a comment here in the section. Um, and I will be happy to personally reach out to you through direct message. Right. And you can also message any of the muddied waters, uh, social medias in order to get in touch with Jason, because he is a member of the muddied waters of muddied waters media. I know a lot of you don't know that anymore. Uh, because he I don't even know that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because he it's never does a show long. anymore. But um, yeah, you can just reach out to Muddy Waters Media. We can get you in touch with Jason, or he can just respond back to you um, from the Muddy Waters Media uh, social medias. Um, do you have any? Seriously, Justin and Mash blew my mind today. We're like going through and like talking about everything, and I scroll Facebook and I went, "Wait, what?" Um, <laughs> it threw us all for a loop. Yeah, but yes, really outside of outside of everything that we've already covered, um, I I just I, I'm dumbfounded that this is like even a possibility right now. Um, that 
we have seen people stand up and say, look, I'm a fiscal conservative or I'm, I'm a fiscal hawk. I want to make sure that we're, we're doing the right spending. And now is the time where we can actually use you instead of being on the, behind the keyboard. Let's actually get engaged and let's actually make a difference. Um, you know, there are representatives who have already had their votes changed there in the, in, in the house. We can continue to make these positive changes. And, and I know, I understand it feels like you're banging your head up against the wall. But each and every one of us actually stepping up and doing the right thing, much like when it comes to like good libertarian party principles and values, if we if we don't do them ourselves, we can't expect others to do it. So we got to pick up the shovel. And we got to do the damn thing. Right. Um, so I would I would encourage you and implore you all to get engaged, get involved and, and help reject these bailouts. And oh, sorry, missed this. If you agree with this, go on to go on to Facebook, go click on your display picture. Go to update profile or update picture, click on frames, type in hashtag reject bailouts, add that beautiful little little green uh, banner to your profile picture, and then uh, that will. I see Matt's pulling up Facebook. Yeah, now. I'm, I'm um, gonna do it right now. <laughs> I'm gonna do that right now. Um, go on there, get that get that uh, reject bailouts banner on, and and when people ask you, hey, what the hell are you talking about with these bailouts? Explain to them, hey, look. Congress is looking to spend money that it won't have in, in, in this generation or the next generation on things that are just fiscally irresponsible. Um, so get engaged, get involved. And, uh, and I appreciate you all for, for listening to me rant and rave. <laughs> and the, 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 it looks good. Dunskies. Yeah. And that was made by the beautiful Mrs. Bearded Truth. Yeah. She doesn't have a beard, so I guess it's just Mrs. Truth. I don't know. I don't know how Mrs. to Mrs. Unbearded to Truth. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Non-bearded Truth. Um, yes. Well, yeah. No, I'm glad that we were able to get this together today, obviously. Uh, I'm really happy that I figured out how to change mud, muddied beach, South Carolina, to muddiedville, South Carolina. Um, and... and- and changing from Vermin Supremes <laughs> into uh, all of Vermin Supremes social medias. I'm very sorry that we uh, started streaming on there. Um, to all of you, I apologize. Uh, to everybody else, please like, please share. Like he said, head on over to uh, Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and give us a five-star rating, but then leave a negative review about Spike Cohen in the comments and Steve Messina might read them in the comments or on a show one day, not in the comments. That wouldn't make any sense. And, and remember, um, you can find this and every other episode of Muddied Waters of Freedom at muddiedwatersmedia.com. And we are also on anchor at anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters. Uh, We look forward to hearing from you in the future. And remember where we're going. Spike Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm Spike Cohen. How's everybody doing? How's everybody? Spike Crenshaw. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. Oh, I'm Spike Crenshaw. Um, And remember where we're going. We don't need roads.